Welcome to episode 43 of the Redeemed Hearts podcast, where we encourage you to allow God to transform you mentally, emotionally, and relationally by living from your redeemed heart. Your hosts, Worley and Danina Kennedy, are licensed professional counselors and are the founders of Redeemed Hearts Ministries. This is our special Father's Day episode, and today we'll hear from Worley and Danina and some of their friends and family about how good fathers can make a huge difference in their families. As always, thank you for listening to the podcast. Here's Worley and Danina. Hi there. We are glad to be back with you for the month of June. And last month, we asked several people to share for a Mother's Day podcast things that they learned from their mother's parenting and how that might have impacted how they parented their children. And now we have done the same thing this month for Father's Day. So in a moment, you're going to you know, primarily hear from Worley and from a friend of ours and a family member as they speak about something they have learned from their own fathers. And I might chime in a little bit here and it's a good, um, good idea. join you in it. So, so first, Worley, um, why don't you share some things on your heart that you think is very important for fathers in our current culture climate today? Yeah, I do have something I has been on my mind to share about fathers and and the scriptures are very clear on the position that a father has been entrusted and given by God uh, for his role in the family. And it's not as clear as it used to be. And so I just thought I would speak into this a little bit from scriptures because there's a lot of confusion uh, in the world, at least in our world or the you know, people that, that we are around or interact with or even stuff that we see happening in the culture. Um, and it started with this. My dad, Carl Kennedy, served as Gray County judge for 16 years, the beginning of which uh, I was in junior high and high school. And my dad was a good man. He was well-respected in both his public and his private life. He loved the Lord Jesus, and he was instrumental in giving me the foundation to the faith that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad did not aspire to be county judge. It really was something he believed that God uh, had led him to do. It came from an interesting set of circumstances that I'm not going to share today. But you know, the point I want to make was this wasn't something he even thought about doing until it was upon him. And Then he ran and uh, won and served in that position for those many years. But because my dad was in a position of authority in his work life, I want to say some things about how he handled the authority that God had entrusted to him in his family life. Uh, My my dad was not an overbearing man. Um, He was often thought of many of just a real servant. In some ways, he was quiet, although he he spoke a lot, but he didn't have to speak. But um, I thought he just, uh, he, he, he exemplified in carrying his authority in his public life very well, but that was also true in his private life. And so um, the scriptures speak to the fact that fathers are to assume the place of primary authority in the family. And another way of saying this is that fathers are to lead. And I know as we, you know, I talk about this, the word authority uh, connotates often, you know, it's like a bad word in our culture Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. 
I, and I mean, but part of that comes from not even wanting God to be our authority. And really, I think probably ultimately it's because mm. we don't want God to be our authority. And yet God has entrusted authority to to a to man to lead his wife and then to parents to lead their children. And so a father has a really important position in living out this God-given authority. And it's become confusing. The male figure in our culture today is confusing. It's no wonder that I think the evil one goes after this very important uh, design of God where the male provides leadership. I think too many people misunderstand and want to stereotype an image of Christian fathers as being oppressive and dominant over their families. In other words, that the, they, they think this is what the Bible calls for, is this kind of father who's dominant and rules and can be oppressive. And that is just not what the scriptures say. And I suppose there are some fathers who call themselves Christians and they give the rest of us a bad name, but the Bible does not call for a man to be dominant and oppressive to his wife and children. And then if that's the case, then that kind of fatherhood should be challenged. The Bible does call for the man to be strong and good and able to lead his household. In the Old Testament, when God dealt with Adam and Eve, he spoke with Adam, not Eve. When God dealt with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, he spoke with each of them, not their wives. There's a pattern throughout Scripture where God addressed the man, and it was not a, it wasn't to lessen the importance of who a woman is and her coming alongside and being involved with and carrying out the you know the responsibilities and leadership in life and in family. It wasn't to lessen that. It it rather highlights the importance of the man and just that pattern throughout Scripture. Upon entering the promised land, Joshua warns the nation of Israel not to serve false gods. And then he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Like how he said it, it was very specific. He assumed responsibility not just for himself, but for his whole household. And it's important that it, it says, as for me. Yes. I mean, a man can't lead his wife and his children where he's not going, where he's, you know, not living that out. It has to start with him deciding that's who he's going to be as a man. And and, and then out of that, of course, his leadership comes. So that's, you know, a very important, good point. I can't, I can't pretend like uh, I'm leading if it's not coming from within there's a conviction to it. There is a choice to it. The context for Joshua doing that was they were going into the, the land that God had promised, and there were nations of people who worship false gods. And that today is also true where there is so many choices of who we're going to worship and rather than our devotion and our conviction that to God and our, just our conviction that we're going to um, love and serve him. But he, he carries that further and says, my household. And that's important for today because there are so many, you know, false gods that we can find joy and delight and life and, you know, and, but I mean, when suffering hits, those gods have no power to 
save, no power to comfort, no power to strengthen. And um, I mean, but the choices out there today are endless. Yeah, endless. Mm -hmm. But a man has to decide that for himself, who he's going to serve, you know, which always shows up in where we spend our time and our resources and our money. And there's a lot of good things that are fine and God created him to enjoy, but uh, it's important that we're, you as men are passing down to your wives and your children uh, a God who has the power to save, you know, who can be a strength for them, who can help them when they're struggling with just everyday life. And, and it's important to note here that it's, you know, I am not the authority of our household. God is the authority of our household. Mm -hmm. I am assuming the authority that God has entrusted to me to lead our household. When in Ephesians, Paul says to the wives, submit to your husbands. It's a military term where he says, place yourself under the leadership of your husband. Again, so the husband is under the leadership of God, and then he assumes this responsibility that God has given to him. And then he steps into that. And so, you know, this carries all the way through into parenting in that I cannot simply defer to you and say, well, it's up to you to do this and this and this for the children. I have to say, this is up to me to see to it that I am making it happen and take responsibility for that. So... Um, I know it's less popular today than it's been in the past, but this is God's way. It's essential for the strength and stability of the family and for the children. There's passages in Genesis, Ephesians, 1 Timothy that speak to a man's responsibility to lead his wife. And then from there, the two of them are the authority and leaders of their children. So with that said, I want to just take a, a few minutes here and look at one verse that speaks to how a father exercises his authority and leads his children. So if you'll read Ephesians 6, and read, just to give it some context, we're going to focus on verse 4, but if you'll read verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So Paul helps fathers understand how to live with authority through two specific commands in verse four. And it's a different word from the one used for parents that he used in verse one, where children don't obey your parents. Here he uses a word specifically in verse four for fathers. The two commands here in verse four, are for the father. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger, but rather bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Fathers have to assume responsibility for these two things. So to not provoke your children to anger is to, to not frustrate them. And I know this by experience. Mm -hmm. Our kids are raised, but I know the many different ways that I could frustrate our children as they were growing up. Um, being inconsistent, not disciplining them, disciplining them too harshly, being a poor example, being hypocritical. 
asking them or telling them to do something that I'm not doing myself. Not speaking enough. Sometimes if if it's only the mom that's speaking and the father's not speaking, the children feel a sense of insecurity. What does dad think? Why is he not saying mm-hmm. something here? Not speaking enough. Another one is to not love their mother well. That can frustrate children because I can love them really well and pour a lot of affection on them and attention to them. And if I'm neglecting or not, you're not my primary you know, love and, and concern, that would frustrate children. Being physically or verbally abusive, that kind of goes without speaking. Both of those things would very much cause the children to lose heart. So it's a tall task to not frustrate. It requires walking in the spirit. It requires staying engaged in our responsibility. Any comments about that first command? Well, I mean, I like the list that you have there. And I just think part of it is, um, as women, I mean, we just need men to step up and step into parenting. Like, many times I needed... I, I could rest in the fact that you were thinking about what was going on with our kids. And you were also thinking about what we need to do as far as, you know, encouraging them or disciplining them or preparing for their future. I mean, it wasn't just all on me to be thinking about that. And you always valued what I would come to you with. I remember many times for you, you would be busy and overwhelmed and then the kids would come ask you something and you'd say, no. <laughs> yeah. And I would come in. Frustrate them. Uh, I would come in and say, you might should hear what's going on with them before you just say no. I mean, let make sure that they feel heard. And I I always felt like you listened to me. And you you would circle back around with them. And sometimes the answer would still be no. But the kids felt heard by you and understood what was going on. So that's just an example from that, that kind of played itself out a lot in our home. But, but I think it's an important thing to say, too, because it also speaks to, you know, you're a leader, a strong leader, and, and have some vision, a visionary for things that are often different than me or even better than me in some areas. That it was important for me to, to see that we're in this together. I need to listen to you and hear what you're telling me. But with that said, I could not just say, well, you take care of it, Danina, or it's on you, or don't bother me with this. It was always on me and to assume this position. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the guiding principle there, because of the way God has made us, is we can discourage our children. We have that much power in the household. We will discourage it through inactivity, um, as well as the act, the actions we have. And I think men more than often, I mean, sometimes yeah. it's just a tone. We, we set the tone. Yes. We set the tone. We can't help it. We No matter what, we're going to set it in our household. We set the tone. And I think it's just God's design. And you didn't ever set a tone for authority that brought about resentment. You know, I mean, that can happen um, in you know, where men misuse their power and their authority. But you didn't ever um, set that kind of a tone. But there's also rest for me and rest for the kids in knowing that you were thinking about it. You were trying to step in and deal with it. 
And um, it wasn't all on me. And this command, and they knew they couldn't play us against each other. And this command here was very helpful in that because I can look and see: Are my kids frustrated? Are my kids, you know, downcast? Is my wife discouraged because they don't listen to her? So the command itself is the guiding thing, and in, in how to exercise authority. So that's a that's a, something not to do. But there's also something to do, and it's. The, the positive command here, it says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So it's on me for my kids to ensure that they uh, know the Lord and that they obey us because they're obeying the Lord. It's, it's I'm accountable for this to provide the leadership here that it happens. Now, so often in our life, you were the one carrying out the the practical parts of that, especially as they were younger. Mm-hmm. You know, our you know when our kids hit the teenage years, they, especially Taylor, our son, he needed me to be a voice in his life to make sure this was carried out because that's just what happens with boys often and their moms, and so I was more active in that, but we both played a part in that. But again, I'm responsible for this, and I have to assume responsibility, the commands to fathers to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, Without saying it requires we know the Lord, we learn the scriptures, and then teach and model for our kids how to live a God-centered life. It requires that we talk to our kids often about life and about their lives. It requires engagement and it's not and it's not simply the mother's job. Any it takes a lot of time. I mean, you know, it's easy. I mean, if if men are checking out um, just because their life is hard, they're not it, it's it's gonna be a sacrifice, right? Because that time's gonna have to go to your marriage, that time's gonna have to go to talking things through with kids. And, you know, with kids I mean, they, you don't have to agree with all that they're saying to place a value on what they're saying. And I, I think you spent time trying to do that, to just kind of place value on where they were and what they were saying and then giving, you know, speaking into it, giving some direction from the Lord, too, and what God would ask of them. So in addition to what the Scripture said, I believe I had a good model for this. And then when I married you and had my own kids after you know, I, ha- I had a good model in your father. And so I want to speak just kind of briefly about both. My dad was the leader in our household. Now, my mom, I think, helped make this easier on him because she she took her responsibility in Ephesians 5 and just submitting herself to his leadership, submitting herself to God as she placed herself under him. That's actually the way the scriptures would say it. Um, but he made it easy on her because he loved her and he cherished her and he and he cared for her. My dad didn't shirk his responsibility in, in taking care of her and us. Now, he wasn't overbearing. He was a servant. He walked with the Lord, and the fruit of the Spirit was evident. He, my dad showed patience. He showed kindness. He showed gentleness. He showed self-control. They were all things that were true of him. Dad would tell us what the Scripture said. Um, he would tell us, what we needed to do or not do. He wasn't perfect. Um, He was unique in who he was. 
He dealt with his own sin issues as I deal with my sin issues, but he was engaged in the process. Um, And then your dad, too, assumed his place of authority. I think I saw it where it started with his love for your mom and his cherishing of her. He listened to her and valued her input, just as my dad would with my mom. I don't think either of our dads depended on our moms to set the tone for the family. Mm -mm. They said it and they assumed it. Both of our dads studied the scriptures. Both dads chose, and your dad still does, to walk in the spirit. Um, Another thing that I think was significant for both of them, they made the decision we were going to go to church. And I remember my dad saying, to me as a kid, or you were responding when I would say to him, and I remember saying this several times, do we have to go to church? Why do we have to go to church? And my dad would say, in this kind of a lighthearted way, he'd say, no, you don't have to go. You get to go. <laughs> and it was just his way of saying, it's a privilege. And he valued his own attendance, and then he assumed authority to ensure that we had the same exposure. My dad was not mean, but my dad was firm. And I took that, you know, seriously when he spoke or did what he did. He was firm. Um, And neither of our dads allowed our moms to carry the burden of raising we as their kids. They both assumed their God-given authority. Mm -hmm. I was thinking often the words for your dad was really just that he was strong but gentle. Mm -hmm. Felt that. And... um, the words for my dad and my mom would say this about him, and I 100% agree just that my dad was tough um, but tender. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I think that about your dad. Those are good words. My dad. And I think those are good, I mean, those are good balancing words for men and it, for fathers. And it speaks even to the different personalities our dads. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, not quite as emotional, um, saw a little more in later years. Your dad's free with his emotion and strong with his emotion. But so you said my dad was strong. And gentle. And gentle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And your dad tough and tender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good words. Well, um, we thank you for joining us. And the remainder of this podcast, uh, you're going to hear from one of our good friends, Rusty Rice, and he's the husband of Laura, who you all heard from in our Mother's Day podcast. And he's a lifelong friend of yours, Worley, I think since third grade. Yeah, I remember. First time I met Rusty, he was uh, he's kind of a wild, fun kid and, and just full of life and energy. But I remember meeting him in the third grade, and the kid was wearing overalls, and he had one strap off, and, you know, <laughs> and, and then just full of life, and he still is to this day, one of the most enjoyable, good people that we know. And we got to go to college with Rusty and Laura and, um, you know, continue that friendship. So He's currently a pastor in New Braunfels. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to hear from my brother, Josh Nay, who's going to share about our dad and his own experience. And I'm glad you can hear from my brother because he has a very unique perspective in our family. As out of five children, he's the only male. So um, I think he might even take a couple digs at his sisters that I don't get to respond to. So I'll let you listen to that. (laughs) 
So thanks for joining us, uh, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast. Happy Father's Day, everyone. My name is Rusty Rice. I'm actually a pastor in New Braunfels, Texas. Uh, Grew up with uh, the Kennedy family. I'm married to my um, wife, Lauren. We have uh, three grown kids, and uh, uh, Worley and Danina have maybe asked just to share a few thoughts about my my own father this Father's Day and uh, what uh, I've learned from him and maybe just a thought or two from uh, my own thought, my own self and uh, uh, and how we raised our kids. First of all, I'd say about my own father, uh, really it's a lesson that he taught me when I was throughout my life, but I remember specifically when I was in high school and or just, I think, graduated and at that time thought I uh, uh, knew what was best for my own life and everything else. And I remember one afternoon coming home from work and my mom said, hey, I need you to do this. And uh, uh, again, I thought I was old enough to make my own decisions, yet I was still living under their roof. And anyway, she had asked me to do something. I said, hey, I'm not going to be able to do that tonight. Um I'm gonna. I'm going out with my friends, and she said, "Well, if you wanna, if you if you wanna go out with your friends, you need to you need to get this done." Well, uh, again, I thought I knew best, and uh, being the rebellious son I was, I went ahead and went out with my friends and did what I did, and then uh, came home. And I'll never forget that next morning, uh, my father walking into my room. At that time, I was the only one in the house, and he said. Uh, hey, did your mom ask you to do something last night before you went out? And I said, uh, yes, sir. And, uh, he goes, and she said, if you don't do this, you don't need to go out. And you thought it was just okay to go out and disobey your mom. And uh, I sort of looked, said, yes, sir. And he just looked at me and he's real calmly just said these words to me. He said, I love your mom a lot more than I love you. And if you ever do that to her again, do not bother coming back to this house. And with that, he turned around and walked away. And I would just say to you that that as a 18-year-old boy at the time and now uh, with a wife of my own and with children, what wonderful advice that he loved her more than he loved me. And dads, that's what I would say to you more than anything else. And I know that probably some of you are even single fathers. The best thing that you can give your children is to love your wife in an unconditional way. Let your, let your children see that and they will be the betterment for it. Uh, even for you that maybe are single, I would encourage you, walk with your with your wife even now, your ex-spouse, in a way that is healthy. It'll, it'll be the best for your kids. And then uh, maybe a couple of a pieces of advice. Uh, I wish I could say, <laughs> you know, man, this is something we really did great. But now as a 55-year-old man looking back, most of mine would be do something different than what I did. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do think Laura and I did pretty well 
was, you know, that that teaching out of Deuteronomy when when the people of God are about to go into the promised land, Deuteronomy and Moses over and over, teach these truths to your children. Pass them down from one generation to the next that they may love God, learn to serve him wholeheartedly. And so Moses just over and over commands the people to teach the people the commands and the law of God. And, uh, you know, from early on, we had our kids in church, we had our children in Awanas, and we made it a real emphasis and a priority to teach the Word and to teach the commandments of God to our children. And so we did that, and, and I would encourage you to do that. But if now, looking back, I wish I would have done it a little bit di- different in this sense. I wish that I wouldn't have made it only about teaching the commandments but I would have reminded them as well as reminding them myself, it's not about just the commandments. It's about helping them fall in love with Jesus Christ. And I, I wish I would have driven some of that home more than anything else. Am I helping my children have a relationship with Jesus, that he is the greatest person on the earth And he's who I want them to fall in love with. So it's not just about knowing the commandments. It's about helping them fall in love with Jesus. And then maybe a second thing that that I wish I would have done earlier. Uh, There's no good way to say this. I was just, I just, as my kids say, dad, you run hot. Uh, You're angry about too many things. Uh, You know, if I could go back and change one thing, I just, I got angry too easy, dads, uh, things that really didn't matter. And I'll be honest with you, it wasn't until I, I went to a counselor and began to unpack, why do I run hot so easily that I begin to get some help and begin to unturn some things in my own life that uh, that have just helped me since. And I, and I wish, dads, I would have done that earlier. I think I, it would have been more of a positive impact on my children. Uh, but, you know, hey, there is no perfect family. Do not grow weary in doing good, and you shall reap a harvest. Dad, you are the spiritual leader, and uh, I would encourage you. Love your wife and love your children. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. Hi, I'm Danina's only brother, which makes me Worley's only original brother-in-law on the Nace side. And I think that's something Worley's probably pretty proud of, if I had to guess. <laughs> my name is Joshua Nay, my wife is Rachel, and we have a pretty awesome little three-year-old boy named Imrik C. Nay. We chose just a C for his middle name because of what that C represents in my life and some of the hopes that I have for him in his life. I want Imrik to grow up to be a man with a love for God and a strong faith that will carry him through life's ups and downs. I want him to love his wife and children well and to someday lead his family by seeking God through prayer and understanding. I want him to have a strong work ethic and believe in doing things to the best of his ability in whatever he chooses to do. I want him to love life and I want him to play hard. When growing up, if my middle name was thrown through the airwaves, there was a 50-50 chance I was in hot water. Obviously, it was most likely due to one of my sisters doing something wrong and I was being the good brother and taking the fall for it. At least that's the way I remember it, but if you ask them, they would probably say differently. 
I'm not sure how my dad's middle name was used when I, he was a young kid growing up. It may have been similar to my experience, but in my lifetime growing up, my mom often, out of love and admiration, would refer to my dad by his middle name, George C. That is why we chose to name Emmerich with a simple but deep meaning letter C for his middle name. Probably starting before I can even remember, my dad was teaching and modeling for me what a father was supposed to be for his kids and his family. We went to church every Sunday together as a family, unless one of us was sick or something crazy happened, like the time I got my head closed in a van door. In those cases, the family went on to church and the affected ones would hear about what was taught in church later. It was important to my dad, as well as my mom, that we went to church as a family, but also that we had a personal relationship with God every day and that it wasn't just on Sundays. Growing up in a small ranching community in northwest Colorado, somewhat isolated from many conveniences, we worked on all of our own stuff. My dad also owned a construction company and worked as a mechanic for a local mine. He often worked long days and every day of the week without much rest besides Sunday providing for our family. If at all possible, he always made his family a priority and wanted us to spend time as a family. It was important that we ate dinner together as a family and that often meant he was pulling in as dinner was starting and in some cases it already started and he may have to go back to work afterwards, but that moment every day never felt rushed. It was important to him and became important to all of us to spend time together and that still holds true today. We still all love to get together. I know it's often hard for men to find a balance between work and home life with all the different stresses providing for their family. My dad worked a lot and a lot of long days, but when he was home, he was all there. Growing up, I spent a ton of time alongside my father doing anything and everything from construction to mechanicing, working on the ranch and raising animals or helping others. He always approached everything with a can-do attitude and always figured it out, even if that meant we had to fabricate our own stuff. At the time, it often felt forced, but as I look back on it now, I'm grateful for every one of those moments and opportunities I had to learn from my father. He instilled in me the ability to problem solve and the confidence to tackle most things on my own. He taught me how to do things well and take pride in what I did, and it gave me the determination to fight through adversity and have perseverance. I grew up spending a lot of time outdoors and hunting with my dad from a very young age, and there are some of my fondest memories with my father. All those times spent outside hunting and tracking big game taught me to not be afraid, to push hard and not give up, how to think quickly and ethically, and to love what God has given us to enjoy. Those times spent in the mountains were, were and still are a common bond my dad and I both share and a place we just enjoy being together with, with each other. One story I learned later in life, but it stuck with me, was when my dad was preparing a bid on painting one of the schools in my hometown for my sister's summertime jobs in between college. In trying to meet the deadline and squeeze it in amongst all the other jobs he had going on and a lot of short nights, he decided he was going to figure one side of the hallway and then double that on his bid sheet. He won that bid by a significant amount and realized he had forgot to double the halls and was going to break even or lose money on the deal. We ended up painting that school as a family that summer. At that age, it taught me to work together for a common goal and to jump in and help wherever you could. Later in life, when I found out what really happened, it showed me how to live life with integrity and do what was right, even if it was a burden financially or of time. When I was even younger, I decided I was going to overhaul one of our garden tillers. I'm not sure there was anything wrong with it, but I thought I could make it run better with my newfound skills as a mechanic I had picked up from my dad. 
I tore everything apart that I could figure out how to get apart. And then when it was time to put it back together, I had lost parts in the grass and in the garden. I had put things together wrong. And I remember because when my dad got home from work, he obviously was not happy about it. But I don't remember him being angry about it either. For many years, that tiller sat outside the shed like a monument to me to pay attention and a reminder of my dad's forgiveness and compassion. As I got older, I would test my dad and push him in other ways, often by making poor choices and others just by not knowing something or questioning him. But my dad has always taken the time to talk through things with us and explain why or how we need to do things differently from a caring perspective. He was slow to anger and quick to pray. My dad always took the time to teach me and had the patience to let me learn. He created a mostly safe environment for me to learn in. Some things we did were just inherently dangerous, and my dad would still do his best to make those safe and calm my fears, but at the same time stretch me. The dangerous parts are still some of our best stories together. In fact, at 42, I am still learning from my dad by working with him as we are doing a large addition on my wife and I's house and remodeling the entire rest of it. I'm still drawing from his wisdom and his skill and greatly benefiting from the sacrifices he is making to be here and help us almost two years and a thousand miles away from his home. I have learned as much, if not more, from the unspoken ways my dad chooses to live life, especially in the very hard times. When my mom passed away, my dad really just chose to soak in the hurt and grieve hard. That stood out to me because I myself typically want to run from hurt and pain. Watching my dad through that gave me the courage to wade through the muck of life and pause to listen for the lesson or experiences God has for us in those moments. So although I am by far no expert at it, and I don't always do a great job at it myself, but the C in my son's middle name reminds me to try to do the best that I can and what my advice would be for others that I have learned from my father. That would be to teach your kids to love God deeply and that he loves them without any cost to play hard with them when you have the chance, and to create a place for them to learn and let them fail, but be ready to pick them up and direct them and give them the courage and support to try again, to do things to the best of their ability and forgive them when they don't, and to find a common bond that you both can enjoy together. I love you, Dad, and happy Father's Day. Thank you again for joining us today on the Redeemed Hearts podcast. And again, happy Father's Day to all our dads out there. Hey, just a quick little update about the podcast and website. You may notice that they will both be down for a couple of days at the end of July as we are switching our content over to a new website. So you may need to resubscribe to the podcast once the new feed shows back up in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The podcast title will remain the same. So if you lose the episodes for a while, don't worry. Just search for Redeemed Hearts Podcast on either platform and resubscribe once it's back up. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode and are looking for more content from Ruli and Danina or want to reach out and contact us, we encourage you to visit redeemedheartsministries.com. Have a good week and God bless.